Open up your hearts. Let God speak to us. I think he's ministered to us already this morning in a lovely, wonderful way. But I think God has got more for us. And um, we're going to continue in this series called Pathways. And um, I just love, I, I just love it. You know, the book of Proverbs is just absolutely awesome. And um, I love this, this translation. I think this is the NRV on Pathways. Oops, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, it's back. Johnny's so quick, you know, <laughs> he's just too quick. But I love that. Give careful thought. This is Proverbs 4.26. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Isn't that such an amazing scripture? Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. In fact, the New King James Version says, ponder the path of your feet. In other words, ponder the path of your feet. In other words, consider with all seriousness the path of your feet. Why? Because pathways provide direction. Pathways provide direction. Pathways determine our future and our destination. And pathways involve choices. Pathways involve choices. The Hebrew word, I know you all want to know this and you're taking notes, okay? But I'm not going to try and pronounce the Hebrew word. But the, the Hebrew word for pathways is a course of action or a course of life. That, that changes when you're reading that word, you know, when you're reading that scripture. Give careful thought to your pathways. It's a course of action or a course of life. So the choices we make in life can and will determine the course for our life. The pathways are related to the choices and decisions we make, both big and small. Life is full of choices, isn't it? I mean, sometimes you go to a restaurant and you think, man, just give me anything. You know, there's so much choice, eh? But we, but we, need, to, we need to choose. The, the, the choice is ours. And where we are today, mostly, is as a result of choices we've made in the past, maybe, uh, maybe an hour ago. You were here, you're here today. The others that aren't here are still in bed. Bless them, Lord. Wake them up from their slumber. But, um, but you know what? We made choices yesterday. The clocks are going forward. We're going to be in church. And you, here you are. Well done, church. Well done. Say well done. Okay, listen. It's lonely up here. Okay? I need encouragement. All right, so encourage me. Tell me boo or bar or amen or something, but something, okay? You've got to respond. But the decisions we make today will determine our tomorrow. Whatever we decide on today will determine our tomorrow. And, to you know, there are certain paths, pathways that we should be on, that we should embrace, and there are other pathways that we should avoid. That we sh and if we're on them, we need to make sure we get off them. So today, we're going to look at the straight paths and the crooked paths. The straight paths and the crooked paths. And Proverbs 22.5 says this. In the CSB, we got it in the CSB. Oh, there are thorns and snares on the way of the crooked. The one who guards himself, himself stays far from them. There are thorns and snares on the way of the crooked. So we're going to look at a few of those thorns and snares. So not, not the person that you, 
you know, thorn number one, thorn number two. I don't know if maybe I'm the only one that has that situation where that's thorn number 10. No, no, thorns and snares. These are actual thorns and snares that we need to avoid on the crooked path. And now I'm going to step out in faith because this very morning I felt the Lord spoke to me over and above my message and I'm going to throw something in that I've not prepared, but I just felt to share it with everybody this morning. One of the thorn number one that I think we need to avoid is worry. Worry. Matthew 6, there's a whole discourse. Jesus speaks from Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34. And he, and he says three times, why do you worry? Why do you worry? Why do you worry? And this morning I was, I was just meditating on it and thinking, it's a good question. Because Jesus says, why do you worry? Don't you know it doesn't add any height to your stature? And I thought, was Jesus addressing short people at that point? Was it just, you know, a group, you know, shorties or us or something? And Jesus said, why are you worrying? You're not going to get any taller. And I thought, no, actually, wasn't, it doesn't say that he was addressing these short people. But the point is, why do you worry? It doesn't add value. There's no value in worrying. Why do you worry? And he goes on and he says... Um, and, you know, we're not going to go there, but if you read the, the, the account there, he, he says, um, consider the lilies of the field, that, you know, they dress themselves, and what about you, a little faith? Why do you worry about what you're going to wear? You know, especially us girls, you know, why do you look, what should I wear today? You know, but why do you worry about what you're going to wear? And he says, you of little faith. And the thing about worry is it depletes our faith. It depletes our faith. Clothing is temporary. Clothing is, all the stuff is just so temporary. But, and God knows our needs. He knows what we have need of. And they are necessary. We need to eat. We need to drink. We need to wear clothes. People, please do these things, okay? Don't come in emaciated and naked next week, okay? We need these things. But these things are very temporary. They are very temporary. Instead, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. I think, wow, how big is the kingdom of God? It's, it's huge. It's not of this world. But the Bible says that his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It has no end. And he says, seek that. Seek the kingdom of God, not the temporary stuff, the stuff that is of eternal value. So thorn number one, worry. Worry is on a crooked path. It's going to deplete you. It's going to add no value to you. We don't want to be like that. We want to be able to say, no, Lord, I'm seeking your kingdom. And as I seek his kingdom, he adds. He adds to us. Okay, so that was for free. That wasn't in my notes. I got it this morning. So my thorn number one, according to my notes, but number two according to you if you're writing notes. It's a bit of a difficult one now. We're going to go in through to the, into the, the, the crooked path, okay? So this is going to be a little bit tough to listen to the first section, but don't switch off, okay? Thorn number two, compromise. Compromise. And we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 7 to 9. This is the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. And he says to them, 
you ran well. So in other words, they were on a pathway. They were doing well. They were doing really well. But then he says, who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. In other words, Jesus is not your problem. He's not the one hindering you. He's not the one stopping you. He's not the one stopping you from obeying him. This persuasion doesn't come from him. But he says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And, and Paul here is actually speaking here about legalism. Because the Galatian church wants to go back in under the law. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, why would you want to do that? But this is what they did. They wanted to go back into law. And that word, though, for hindered, a very interesting word. In this context, it means break up a road. So they were on a straight path. They were on the, the, the right path. They were on a straight path. But this hindrance broke up the road and it caused them for that road to become impassable. They were stuck. They went back into legalism. Whether it's legalism, whether it's law, whether it's compromise, no matter what it is, a little leaven, a little bit, leavens the whole lump. It leavens the whole lump. So a small dose of compromise affects the batch. It affects the batch. You know, we often refer to this poor frog. You know, you know I don't know. We, we always talk about this boiling a frog thing. So if you're an animal activist, okay, don't stone me. <laughs> write to somebody, write to Chris and tell him that you're anti-boiling frogs. Okay, but you know what that poor frog, we talk about boiling a frog. If you put a frog into boiling water, it'll know instantly that he's, he's in hot water <laughs> and he needs to get out. He needs to escape and he will jump out. But if you put a frog into tepid water and start turning up the temperature, the frog becomes accustomed to the rise in temperature. And that's what compromise does. Sometimes we can be oblivious to that temperature rising. And that's when our straight paths can become crooked. And sometimes it's unintentional. It's unintentional. The whole Christian walk is, in, is about intention, it, intentionality. Is there such a word? I made it up. It is now. It's going to be on Google next year, the, f the new word for the year. But a little leaven leavens the whole lump. We're going to be aware of compromise. Okay, We're not going to be boiling frogs. Okay, We're not the boiling frog church. No, amen. Thorn number two. No, it's not thorn number three, actually. Drift. Drift. A, there's a scripture in Proverbs 7.25. We won't go there because I've got loads of scriptures. But the Bible says, do not stray into her paths. Talking about the crooked path. Don't stray into the crooked path. Don't wander. Don't vacillate. Don't drift into that crooked path. We need to be intentional about staying on the straight path. You know, even if we go off one degree, you start off going one degree off. And as you go further along your journey, that distance starts increasing. In fact, 
This is something that they teach pilots. They taught this thing called the one in 60 rule. And the one in 60 rule says, for every one degree that they are off course, after traveling for 60 miles, they end up being one mile off course. After traveling for 60 miles. They're one mile off course. So you think, oh, well, that's not so bad. Well, actually, it is bad. Because that one mile could take the pilot into, into a mountain range. It could cause him to miss the runway. So just that one degree, just that one degree. Y you think about um, sailors. You know, they're out at sea. They have to constantly, they are buffeted by the elements, by currents, by tides, by wind, by wave. They have to constantly keep recalibrating, keep repositioning themselves, re-navigating themselves to make sure they reach the desired direction, th their desired destination. So we've got to be careful of drift. We've got to be intentional about staying on the straight path. Another one is, this little part of drift is bad company. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company. Look what Psalm 1 says. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man and the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I mean, just look at the regression of that. The, the guy actually starts, well, the guy doesn't do it because so he's blessed. But if, you, if, you, if, if you're following bad company, you start off walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Chris shared an amazing message last week. If you weren't here, if you didn't listen, get it. It's on the app. A really good message about the counsel of God. But... Blessed is the man who walks not. He starts walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Then he starts, you know what it's like? It's like walk and talk. You know, people say walk and talk. Let's walk and talk because we're so busy. Let's walk and talk. But suddenly when you start engaging in conversation, you slow down to a stand. Now you're engaging closer. And he's gone from being ungodly to a sinner. And then you take a seat. You take a seat, you go from walking to standing to sitting in the seat of the scornful, the mockers. You know, where they start mocking everything relating to God. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. You know what? There's, there is regression there. But we're, gonna, we're just going to, this is just a bit of godly counsel today, okay? We, it is going to get better, I promise you. We will get to the smooth path eventually. But I've got a lot of notes. I've only got 12 points. Caleb, how are we doing? He's checking his watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She's got to, no, I'm only kidding. We don't have 12 points. Okay. <laughs> so, shoo. Oh, no. She's on a roll. But, um, you know, but, but stay out of that, the, you know, the counsel of the ungodly. And, and, and with, with regards to drift, don't think that you're strong enough to withstand temptation. You know what the Bible says? Flee youthful lusts. Look for the way of escape. Run like crazy. Don't get, don't get caught up in the ways of the world. But the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.22, it won't go up, but it says flee youthful lusts, but also pursue 
righteousness, faith, love, peace, and all these other things that call out of God from a pure heart. Don't just flee from, but we turn towards. That's repentance. It's about changing direction. We go away from and we turn towards pursuing righteousness. So that's point number three. My numbers are all mixed up now. So we've got drift. Thorn number four, pride. Uh, pride. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 says, knowledge puffs up. It's not going to go up there. Take that one down yet. Knowledge puffs up too soon. Johnny's too quick. But love edifies. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Let's not become so knowledgeable in the word of God that we become puffed up and the word becomes boring. Let's, let's be careful. The word is not boring. When we were in Bible college, I can still hear some of our lecturers, and this was 20-something years ago. I can hear Kevin Duffy <laughs> saying these words. If it's real to you, it's never old to you. If it's real to you, it's never old to you. And also, if it's old to you, it's not real to you. Don't allow the word to become old. Don't think we know it. Now we can put up 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2. Let's not, but let's, let's not become familiar with the things of God. Let's not become familiar with the word of God. Let's not do that. 1 Corinthians 8 says, if anyone thinks he knows anything, if you think you know anything, you know nothing yet. You know nothing yet as you ought to know. If you think you know something, you know nothing yet as you ought to know. I like what the message says. We never really know enough until we recognize that God alone knows it all. God is the one who knows it all. During the series on Kairos, I remember sharing about Ezekiel, from Ezekiel 37, with those dry bones coming together. Remember, and God says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And what is Ezekiel's response? Oh, Lord, you know. <laughs> you know, God. He's the knowledgeable one. He has all the answers. You know what? We're the, while we're also in Bible, Bible College some years back, but we had a lecturer, his name is Corne Becker. He's the most godly man, over and above my husband, but, um, but he's the most godly man I've ever, ever had the privilege of knowing, of meeting and sitting under his ministry. And when I was in Bible college, he was a young guy. He was young, he was just out of university, and um, he was in his 20s. And um, he was studying at that stage for his doctorate. And his doctorate was based on the Gospel of Matthew. And he made the statement, well, he's, he was telling us, he said that for two years, I've been um, preparing for my doctorate on the Gospel of Matthew. And every week, I read the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel, not the chapter, the Gospel of Matthew, 10 to 12 times. And his words were, if you don't know it, for the first 200 times you read it. I'm not saying we become total space cadets, but let's be careful. Let's, let's, let's be careful. Let, let's be careful with the word of God. Let's just love it. And allow it to change us. Allow it to speak into our hearts. 
You know, just allow the word of God to just do something in our lives. Let's, let's honor the word, love the word of God. If it's old to you, it's not real to you. Let's stay off that crooked path. Let's stay off that crooked path of pride. Bible says, show, study to show yourself approved. A, a workman rightly dividing the word of God. You know what? There are treasures in this word. There are treasures, but they, they don't just pop out. You know, I don't know. You've got to dig. You've got to dig a little bit. Let's, let's, let's purpose this week. Who's going to, I'm, I'm going to start digging a little bit into the word of God. Who's going to do, who's going to join me? Come on, I want to see all the hands. Yes. Yes, I see those hands. I see those hands. We're going to dig into the word. We're going to get those treasures out. Lord, what do you want to say to me? I don't want superficial stuff. I'm going to start finding one scripture, and that's going to be my scripture. I've got lots, but I want that one that inspires and builds faith. Come on, and just, that's treasure. That's treasure. We're going to live off that. We're going to carry out a spiritual MOT again. Remember, in the summer last year, we carried out a spiritual MOT. And maybe we're going to recognize a couple of these snares, a couple of these snares that aren't even mentioned today. There are loads Things, but I don't want us to spend, I've spent half my message already on the snares. We're going to move on to some good stuff. We're going to move on to some good stuff. Uh, with the spiritual MOT, before we move on to the good stuff, I do want to say this. You know what? When we drive a car, we have a dashboard in front of us. And, you know, just recently, I think, in my car, suddenly it's this little light started flashing and saying, you know, uh, you've got a flat tire or something, uh, uh, low tire pressure. No, it doesn't. It do always does that in the cold weather. It says that the, 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 the pressure's low. Well, guess what? <laughs> I had a flat tire. You know, we can't just ignore the warning signs on our dashboard. So when we, when we hear a message like this, it's like, ah, hmm, drift, worry, anxiety, fear, anything, unforgiveness, you know, the list is endless. Maybe I'm not walking in love. Maybe my faith levels have dropped. I mean, this isn't here to being hard and crusty, but let's just do a little spiritual MOT. How are we doing? How am I driving? You know, when I'm driving and I see these lights come on now, I do believe them. You know, when the petrol thing starts flashing, they start fill up with petrol. You know, I can have all the faith of the world, but I need to put petrol in this, this car. You know, what's my speed? Where's my direction? Have I put in the right postcode? Today I went and fetched somebody, and the, the, the sat-nav took me some crazy route. I thought, why are we going this way? But I'll just follow the sat-nav, and I got there. Wouldn't be the chosen route, but anyway. But we need to check out the spiritual gauges in our lives. What's on the dashboard? Carry out that spiritual MOT. And if you find yourself somehow stumbling along that crooked path, well, what do we do? Repent. Change direction. Don't waste time. Don't, don't put it off. We, d we, we kind of think, sometimes I think we think, oh, no, no, I'll, I'll get to that. Or, you know, manana, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> God will sort it out for me. No, 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 no. If you're on the crooked path, repent. Get off the crooked path. Get back onto the straight path. I love the scripture. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 13 says, make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated 
but rather be healed. God's not about to hit us over the head and say, idiot, <laughs> like Faulty Towers does, you know, nitwit. No, he's not like that. He's like, he, he chastises those whom he loves. He wants us back on the straight path that's for our own good. Make straight paths for your feet. In other words, that word straight is upright. Upright paths for your feet. And some of you might know this about myself, but recently I've had a problem with my left hip, and um, which has limited my mobility. Um, at such a young age, you can't believe you have these problems. But as a result of it, um, I started walking strangely because I was in pain. And every time I took a step, you know, the hip would hurt. I was limited. I can't still struggle a bit to go uphill and upstairs. It hurts. puts too much weight on. So, but what I started doing was overcompensating. I started walking differently. And I hadn't realized I'd done it until suddenly... I had a pain in my left knee that was really, really sore. I started getting shin splints in my left leg. At night, I'd lie in bed and I'd get cramps all the way down my leg. I think, what is wrong with me? I had a problem with my hip. Now I've got a problem with my knee. Now I've got a problem with my shin. Now I've got cramps in my leg. But do you know why? Because I was trying to fix my walk. I was trying to change my walk to overcompensate for the pain in my hip. And this whole thing is not about behavior modification. It's not about, well, just, you know, uh, 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 I might be un in unforgiveness, but I'll just pretend I'm not. I'll just say the right words. That's, that's just behavior modification. No, God wants to, he's after heart transformation. So that's what he's out for. He's, because the pathways we choose start in our hearts. The pathways we choose start in our hearts. Chris quoted the scripture earlier today. Don't preach my message. Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. In fact, the ESV says, he will make straight your paths. We're talking at last. We've got off the crooked path. Yeah, we've arrived into the straight paths. But we've got to trust in God with all our heart. Don't try and figure him out. Doesn't mean we have a, a lobotomy, okay? When we get born again, we don't have a lobotomy. We don't, you know, it's about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, not the removal of your mind, okay? But, but we, we, don't, try and un we try, don't try and work God out. He's always looking at the heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your hearts. So we're going on to the straight paths at last. Proverbs 2, verse 7. Listen to this beautiful scripture. Now we're on the straight path. He says, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Thinking the, the, the straight paths are the upright paths. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk uprightly, to those who walk straight on that straight path. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way, the pathway of his saints. 
when we walk that straight path. Look what he gives us. Sound wisdom. Sound wisdom. He's a shield. He guards us. He preserves us. He keeps us when we're on that straight path. When we're on the crooked path, this doesn't apply. That no longer applies. But when, we s when we're dwelling in that secret place, like Psalm 91, when we're dwelling, when we're remaining in the secret place of the Most High, that's when we have God's protection. It's not automatic. God's protection is not automatic. His guarding, his keeping, his preserving is not automatic. Psalm 84, verse 11. I love this. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly, from those who walk on that straight path. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk entirely in accordance with the truth. He will withhold no good thing. Proverbs 4.18, I feel like it, it fits with that previous scripture. It says, but the path of the just is like the shining sun. The path of the just, that's you and me. If you're a child of God, you're the just. You're just as if I've never sinned. You're righteous. You're made right before God. The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the, pa unto the perfect day. But the way of the wicked... The way on the, 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 the crooked path is like darkness. They don't even know what makes them stumble. They're oblivious. They don't know what's causing them to stumble. But the path of the just is like the shining sun. Listen to what the, the message says. But the road of wrongdoing gets darker and darker. Travelers can't see a thing. They fall flat on their faces. We're not going to fall flat on our faces, and we're not going to beat frogs. Okay, two things, takeaways for today. We're not falling flat, flat on our faces and we're not going to be like a frog. The smooth path becomes brighter and brighter. And I think of Psalm 119. We're not, not going to go up there, but we can all quote it. Verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That word lamp is a candle. You know what? Why is God's word a lamp unto our feet? It's just, it's, it's just a little flicker. It's, it's, it's God, says, God says, do this, and you do it. You, you, you receive a word from God, and you act on it. God's word is a lamp unto our feet, and the path of the just shines brighter and brighter. The word of God is, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But as I start doing what God tells me to do, that light gets brighter and brighter. We do not fall flat on our face. Instead, the path gets brighter. The path gets ever brighter. This is good stuff. You know what? We're living in dark times. I think we know that. I think it's so important. After we've just been through this series on Kairos, I think we really need to be so aware of, of the crooked paths. We need to be, we need to be ready. I tell you what, I, we were talking about the return of Jesus yesterday, Chris and I. We're like, I wonder when it's going to be. I don't know, you know. But like, 
wonder what it's going to be like. I don't know. But he's coming back. But he's coming back for a spotless bride. And he's coming back for a bride that is on the straight path. Not one foot in the crooked path and one foot on the straight path. We need to be walking on the straight paths. We need to do that spiritual MOT. My question is, where are you? Where am I? Where, are, where am I? Maybe, maybe you've let a few things slip in your life. Maybe on a little bit of a drift. Maybe, maybe you've gone off that one degree, just that one degree. Maybe the direction of your life isn't quite going according to God's plan. Maybe there are aspects in your life and mine that need adjusting. Just that little adjustment. You know, I don't think there's going to be like a major shift. But how are my gauges? What are my gauges saying? How's my hip? How's your hip? How's your walk? What pathway are you on? And whatever it is, whatever the answers, I, I want us to be able to take away stuff. <laughs> what is God saying to me through this message? You know what? We can come up with messages week after week after week. But unless it's actually got working out in a practical way in our lives, it's a waste of time. We've spent days preparing word. Uh, but if there's no application, then we're wasting our time. We've got to understand. You know, when I was at school, I did maths. And Johnny, you're going to be so impressed with me. I did maths, higher grade. I won't say what happened to my marks, but, you know, they were nothing like yours. But I did maths, and I learned about Pythagoras' theorem. Um, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. You know that one? Pythagoras' theorem. I thought, wow, I know all the theorems. But came the exam, I didn't know which theorem to apply to the, to the question. It was like, well, I know Pythagoras. Maybe I'll try and apply this, and I'd get myself into such a knot, into such a mess, I couldn't get my way out of it. I don't know how I got into such a state. I didn't do very well. So what we need to do, though, <laughs> is where are we? What path are we on? And what are we going to do about it? If we need that slight adjustment, how do we get there? What, what do we apply, that Pythagoras theorem, in order to get back onto the right path? Glad you asked. We take God's counsel. Listen to Chris's message. I encourage you. Listen to, listen to Chris's message from last week. Take God's counsel. Walk in the ways of wisdom. Give attention to God's word. Dig out those treasures. Dig out those treasures. Let's, let's purpose in our hearts. We're going to dig out the treasures from the word of God this week. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. You know when you're walking along a path and suddenly you get, uh, you know, that's the Holy Spirit inside of you saying, listen, he's trying to draw something to your attention. Wake up, people. Wake up, Sandy. You know, maybe you need a slight adjustment here. And so we need to submit to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Spirit of God. Yield to him. Let's not ignore him. Let's yield to him. Give him right of way in our life. Psalm 27, 11 says, Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path. Teach me your ways, God. What are your ways? And lead me in a 
straight path, in a smooth path. Finally, Proverbs 2.2 says, Incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Apply your heart. Knowledge is good. Wisdom is applied knowledge. Apply your heart to understanding. We need to be fully engaged, fully engaged, intentional in knowing God's pathways for our lives. The foundation scripture for the series, it's just a mini-series, but I think there's so much in here. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. The, the New King James says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. To be established means you're stable, you're secure, you're steadfast, you're enduring, you're not wavering, you're established. Know what God's plan is for your life. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways, your course of life, your journey, your direction, your character, every part of who you are be established as you follow his path. Amen.